you know, copywriting is is one of those skills that every marketer should have, whether you want to call yourself a copywriter or not. You know, even if you're someone who you know, you're a media buyer or you're a coach yourself or you're a CMO of a company, I think having some kind of you know copywriting chops and understanding what good copy is is crucial for for any business. Just because you know you can have the the world's greatest product service team, but if you don't have that messaging, um, you know that direct response copy that sells your product or service, then you know you're kind of sol there. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello, welcome back. If this is your first time joining, then welcome. This podcast is for digital entrepreneurs carving out their slice of the online economy. To download my free guide on starting a business online, head over to digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash start or click the link in the show notes. Today's guest is Francis Nayan, and Francis is a freelance copywriter who specializes in writing engaging story driven content for email marketing sequences. He lives in Budapest and is from the United States and traveled to Europe as a teacher where he used to work in schools in Barcelona and in Budapest. This episode is for you if you're interested in freelancing, if you're interested in teaching and traveling. And it's also a really interesting episode where we talk a lot about how he gets clients, how he's used LinkedIn to get a lot of clients and why being consistent in your outreach is so important in the initial stages of building your business. Make sure to leave us a review, like, subscribe, share with your friends and share this in any Facebook groups that you think would benefit from this episode. And yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoy it. All the best. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Today's guest is Francis Nayan, who is the founder of Stories and Copy, a freelance email copywriting business for six-figure coaches. Francis, welcome to the show. Hey there, Adam. How are you? I'm doing really great. Doing really great. Just, uh, yeah, another day in paradise here in Budapest. You're joining us from Budapest. Yeah, yeah. Here I am. It's uh, midsummer here, having a great time, you know, kind of COVID times. But yeah, happy to meet you and uh, hopefully going to give some awesome insight to, to your audience. It's a real interesting niche that you're in, you know, and I, I love it and I'm excited to talk about it. So you're a freelance email copywriter. You would partner with agencies and also do your own work. So can we just wind it back a little bit about like, how did you get into um, freelancing online, but also like, why did you niche into email marketing, you know, rather than doing a typical, like, I'll be a blog writer or, or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know a lot of copywriters and content writers and everybody kind of start off really broad and I'm pretty much no different. And my journey started about two and a half years ago or so, when I was actually teaching in a kindergarten here in Budapest. And I was about a year and a half into my work when I kind of started realizing that I wanted to do something more. You know, I wanted more freedom. I wanted to make my own money. And I wanted to travel more because I found myself more kind of tied down to the work, trying to prepare lessons and, you know, show up to meetings and everything like this. And, you know, I love the kids and I love teaching, but I wanted to do something else. I think somehow the computers and, you know, the robots knew what I was thinking because then I would then start getting these advertisements on, you know, how to make money online. 
started reading your thoughts. <laughs> your phone can do that now. You don't even need to talk about it. It'll just start reading your thoughts. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I think I'm probably going to get even more advertisements right now since I'm like blaring into my laptop right now. But yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about it. Next thing you know, it'll be gravity blankets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's kind of how it started, man. I mean, I got these advertisements for, you know, being an SEO consultant or coaching online or being a writer or drop shipping or something. And then so I kind of tried everything, to be honest. I mean, I tried the coaching thing. I did a course. I learned about SEO, you know, bought a bunch of courses on like probably a dozen different things. And I actually did not really have my one thing yet until I had some friends here in Budapest who already had their online business. And they asked me as a favor if I could write some of their blogs on their website because they knew that I did some journalism and some writing back home in the States. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then eventually they were like, well, you're pretty good at this. So why don't you actually get paid for it? Like you should learn how to write copy. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. I was thinking copywriting is, you know, copyright law. And I was like, I, I don't have time to be a lawyer or anything like this or anything like that. So, but I did Google it and I thought it was pretty interesting. And then, you know, as fortune would have it, two weeks later, I was at a meetup here in Budapest. I met this young German guy named Finn, who I pretty much have to credit everything that I've gone through to him because he's the one who inspired me. So I met him. He was a young guy. And I said, you know, what are you doing that allows you to travel? You're in Budapest for six weeks. You're about to go someplace else. And he said, I'm a copywriter. And then, you know, this is like the second time I heard about writing copy. Light bulbs, light bulbs are going off. You're like, all right, this is a sign from somewhere. Let's look into this, you know, because it sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was kind of even spookier because like I had friends here who they actually switched to another company and they were working for some like mobile phone company, I think Verizon or something. And they were copywriters there just in-house. And so I, here I am just like Googling everything and trying to figure it out. And then I just decided one day, I was like, I'm just going to be a copywriter. I think this is interesting. I'm going to try it out. And yeah, and then that's just kind of how the journey started. I mean, it definitely had a lot of bumps and bruises and confusion along the way. But yeah, that was the beginning. It's like one of the hardest parts when anybody is starting out is is, is exactly that. It's the like, what's the thing I can do? Especially like you were transferring from being a teacher. And I mean, the episode is going to be on before you, which is uh, with Christopher Rush, who works at offtoclass.com and like their online ESL teaching. That's what he does. He's a freelance online, teach English as a foreign language um, teacher. And it was because he didn't want to do all that stuff in class. I tell you, people who are teachers have such transferable skills, like creating lesson plans and doing all that sort of stuff. I know some teachers, man, they know how to work and they know how to be organized way more than most normal people. So if you can take those skills and transfer them to like your freelance business, your online business, you're miles ahead of most people, you know, because you already have great organization, great planning. Um, you know, you're obviously well educated. Like so it's it's the transferable skills and then it's like you say, just finding the thing that's right for you. You know, like, you know, you need if you want to do drop shipping, you need money. You gotta have money for ads. You know what I mean? And you gotta have money to spend on the wrong idea. And Similar with, with with other things. If you want to do affiliate marketing, I mean, you're you're playing the long game in most cases. You know, like it's if you want to do it through SEO, it's going to take months. If you want to do it through paid media and you have no experience, you're going to have to burn a hole in your pocket first till you figure it out. So, you know, going with a service is one of the best ways to get started making money online. And 
for you, it was great that you were able to, you know, find something that you knew people who were interested in. So hopefully you could bounce ideas off them, but also, you know, that you were interested in, like, you know, you have to have a genuine curiosity, I think that really helps, you know? Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, when I first started out, I was really an opportunist, you know, I went straight to Upwork and pretty much applied to anything that said content writing and copywriting, just because I wanted to get my feet wet. I wanted to see what it's like to be paid for writing. And I remember my first ever job offer and the first project that I actually made money from was like these uh, 500 word blog posts. And I think the industry was like IT or something, which is funny because I know nothing about IT. And I it took me forever to write these 500 word blog posts. And they only it only was like $5. You know, that's how much I earned. But I still remember the first time I got that PayPal notification that said I earned $5 from this company. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like, I'm so excited for this. Like, this is so cool. I actually have a business and I'm actually a freelance writer. I can actually say that. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it just opened up like an entire world to me. And I'm so grateful for it. For sure, man. And like, it's it's important, I think, to remember that feeling too, because as you progress you know, things can become a little bit same, same. Like, you know, you can be like, oh, I got another client, oh, whatever. You know, like y- you can get this work. But at the start, it's like, you know, when I think back, like when I was in Australia and working in construction, I just wanted to work online. I went very similar route. I went, I met somebody, his name is Johnny Ward, and he has a blog called onestepforward.com. And Johnny is a like very successful travel blogger and he's been to every country in the world. And I met him, he was camper van in around New Zealand. And I followed his blog and I seen he was in Queenstown. I arranged, I cooked him dinner, him and um, Anthony Middleton. I basically cooked him dinner, invited them up. They stopped up for a couple hours. We got to talking. They were making serious money online doing SEO. And um, I kind of was like, well, I can write. Like, I'll write for you. I hadn't a clue about writing. And uh, I was also writing, I think, at that time for Chris Ducker is his name. So I was doing like a bit of freelance writing for him. Yeah, that, like that was it. It was $10. It was 500 words. It was as much as you could do. You know, so it was like, okay, proof of concept, but uh, be careful what you wish for, because all of a sudden you could be doing, you know, 40 articles a week, 50 articles a week at that lower rate. And you're kind of pigeonholed in, you know, in your earnings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely something that most freelance writers go through. I know for sure I did for a while. I think for my, at least my first like six months to a year, I was definitely being underpaid, being overworked. And yeah, I'm not sure why that kind of happened. It was just, I think I was just excited for it, which, you know, I think I should be and any, anyone would be. But then I think the, the moment you realize that's happening, then it really is like, a, you know, your eyes open even more to the possibilities. Well, I mean, I think it's important to like, don't look at it as a bad thing. You know, the same as like, I, I don't look at it as a bad thing. I kind of think of it as like, that was like my apprenticeship and my proof of concept, you know, so could I make it as a freelance writer? Could I figure out all the stuff about WordPress? Could I, you know, do all that, the filling in the SEO plugins? Yeah, I learned a ton and somebody paid me for it. And then, you know, either they pay you more money, which in most cases, maybe that initial client won't because you agreed to deal with them. It was this much for this much content. So you then need to go into sales mode. So this is what I'd like to talk to you about next is because this is definitely an important transition. So you started off like at the lower end of the rates on Upwork. So how did you then transition? What, you know, what was the next step towards finding, let's say, better paying clients? Did you stay on Upwork? Did you go back to your friends who had agencies? Did you pitch, cold pitch? What did it look like? Yeah, well, I actually started niching down. So I realized I didn't want to write these big, massive blog posts or write articles. So I 
really wanted to solely focus on writing copy. And it just so happens that, you know, I put copywriter on my Instagram page and actually a parent from the school I was working at actually found my page and was like, sent me a message and said, Hey, my company's looking for a copywriter. Would you mind applying? And I said, sure. And it was actually for a position as a social media copywriter for like this full contact karate league. And, you know, long story short, it was a really awesome experience and everything. And I learned so much about marketing and networking and everything. But then I started realizing that I wanted to focus more on smaller copy. So this is, you know, email copy, which is what I'm in now. So focusing on writing 300 to 500 word emails, very story based. And, you know, I was able to raise my rates because then I started niching down even more. So now I have email. And then I kind of thought about who I want to work with. And in this case, it would be coaches in e-commerce. Then it's, it's still difficult because I didn't have that many resources. But then I started cold pitching to coaches on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, and saying, hey, I'm a new freelance email copywriter. I want to work with coaches. Can I write a few emails for you for free for a testimonial? And just to really build authority and some really good reference experience. That way, when I could actually start charging more, then I had proof of how good my service actually was. Yeah, and that's kind of how it started. I mean, it, it kind of has built up a whole lot within the past few years, especially within the last few months. And I think that's that's the main thing is you know, making sure that your skills are good and that you know if you're if you're good, then you're going to have really great clients and they'll somehow somehow find you. You know, you'll get references, you'll meet people at events and you just start networking with people who you want to work with and who will pay you well. Yeah, the referral, there's so much to be said as a freelancer and as a service provider for like referral based business. I know it feels like old school, like like it's an offline thing, but it's not. It's very much true for the online as well. Like I know so many people who refer like, you know, even we spoke, we we know a lot of similar people. I've interviewed Daniel Badai from Badai Media on the podcast. You know him. He's in Budapest as well. And, um, you know, so we, we know a lot of the similar people, Kronos Agency, Joshua, I met him at Affiliate World last year. You know, you've done some work with, with his agency, which is a email marketing agency for e-commerce stores. So like all of a sudden you start to build, you know, you know there's that old saying, your net, your network is your net worth. And, you know, when those people are looking for help, you know, they kind of have a, let's say a, a map in their head. It's like, oh, Adam does this or, you know what I mean? Like Daniel does that or Francis does you know, the copywriting, like whatever way it is, you know, so like definitely connecting, showing up and, um, you know, obviously in the world we live in now, all the events are off for a while. So all that that means is like, just, you just got to double down and show up online. You know what I mean? Like where are the groups that's happening? Where are the masterminds that's happening? Like where can you pitch in and add value and and help people? I love how you've niched down. Like, you know, when you look at your homepage, ironically, it's because you're a copywriter. So like you're about me, just basically that first paragraph just like, it tells exactly who your ideal client is. You know exactly who you want. And if I was somebody looking for an email copywriter, you know, when I read your copy, it's like, ah, you're the guy. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's really well done. So what does it look like now? Yeah. So like you're about two and a half years in, you've left, you know, teaching. So you left the United States and you went to go and did you go to live in Budapest initially? Like, was that what you did? And then you worked there and now you've decided to stay there and just work online? Actually. You know, I live in Budapest now, and uh, as you mentioned, and I've been here for four years, but previously, I actually 
lived in Barcelona, Spain. And so I did the whole uh, ESL teaching kind of route for like my first two years. And my whole goal was to live in like a new country for like the next five years, you know, and I was in Spain and then moved to Hungary. And I think I had like an offer to go to Hong Kong and I was thinking, let's go to Southeast Asia. But yeah, in 2015, I got the offer to, to teach in this primary school in Barcelona and I absolutely loved it. And it was an amazing experience, met a lot of incredible people there. But then, yeah, I had this goal of you know, teaching and living in a new country every five years. And then I applied to work in this school in Hungary and I just, you know, couldn't say no to it. And I just had an incredible first year, met some amazing people, got to travel a whole lot, really enjoyed my job. And then I just decided to stay just because I fell in love with the place. I mean, it's bustling city. It's incredibly fun. There's people from everywhere, all over the world. And yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the place and just decided to stay. It's interesting, you know, especially, it's especially fresh in my mind because, you know, after interviewing Christopher Rush in, in the previous episode, it's like, you know, you really went the traditional ESL teacher route, which is like, it's experience based too. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people who, who do that and they want to go and live in like, I don't know, Asia or Vietnam or wherever, Spain, and they, they want to teach English as a foreign language. And, you know, now it's like, that's all online if you want it to be, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to do it. Like you can teach I guess after speaking with him, he says about 80% of the market nearly is teaching Chinese children on the internet. And then the other 20% is largely like business English. You know what I mean? Like in, in the online space that he's familiar with and through the marketplaces, like, you know, he's saying that's kind of the, how that world operates. But, um, you know, when you work, let's say online as a, as an ESL teacher, you have that freedom, you know, to travel, like you're saying, to travel, it doesn't matter if you're in Budapest, Barcelona or back home and, Tennessee you have an online profile you need to like he lived for two years in an RV teaching out of Starbucks uh, you know what I mean online and, and traveling around America and that was like that was his story but when you go and like you work in a school like, look I know some teachers who were foreign some were in Dubai some were over in Scotland like when you go like you can't go anywhere you have to stay there your, your hours are quite long and you know you're not necessarily paid super well for it so like the world of teaching is evolving too, you know, especially even now with the fucking coronavirus and everybody's doing teaching online, it's become so normalized. Whereas before it was largely, let's say, you know, these like the big markets, like we're saying, like, like, you, you know, China and um, places like that, that where they have a lot, a large population of people who want to learn English and, you know, ideally online because it's been normalized for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, you know, especially with the recent times, of course, people, are still teaching English online, but I absolutely love seeing how people are just teaching so many other skills online to help people who want to you know, have their own online business and work remotely. And for me, that's like really inspiring. You know, I've had some friends who are also copywriters who are teaching people how to write copy, how to be a freelancer, how to you know get clients through social media, or you know even just digging into their hobbies and interests to find a skill that they can use to work remotely. And I find that super inspirational. I think it's really, really, really awesome. And I really wish I had that opportunity as well, just because, you know, I dove into everything, as I mentioned before, and I absolutely loved it. But, you know, to have you know, this kind of guidance and to have podcasts like this, I think is just, yeah, it's just super valuable. 
all decisions made and all paths taken led you to right here. <laughs> so where you are now, you know, and um, the, the sort of thing, life that you have now, which I mean, ultimately is you live in a cool city that you want to live in. You work completely online. So, you know, sweet. Yeah, no complaints. I mean, I wouldn't trade this for for the world. I mean, I, I'm really grateful for this. I mean, just to think that, the, you know, two years ago, I was really just trying to figure out what to do. I realized I wasn't, you know, happy with my current situation. And yeah, as you mentioned, I live in an amazing city, work with some amazing people. And yeah, I get to work uh, and talk to people like you. How cool. Nice one, man. So look, I want to get in a little bit and talk a little bit about kind of the, the, the strategy side of things, you know, and, and like what it is that you do. So with regards to, let's say, writing email marketing and creating email um, sequences and stuff like that, you know, your niche you've said is is coaches, you know, six figure coaches who want to reach seven figures with engaging personal copy and your purpose method of marketing. So can you talk to me a little bit about like if I was listening to this and I wanted to work on like, I don't know, maybe it's my welcome series or how would I go about creating an emotional story driven email? Like what, you know, have you got some guidance or some tips for somebody who wanted to do this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, to create like a very emotionally driven story based you know, email sequence is you know, the best thing that I like to do is to really just look at your entire story. Look at your life. Look at the reason why you're even a coach and, you know, what inspires you every day. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of different coaches, a lot of different people from different backgrounds. And I'm just inspired by everything they've went through and, you know, inspired by why they're doing what they're doing. And, you know, just by digging into your why and you know, why you want to inspire your certain prospect or why you make this program or course or this piece of content, then that alone can do a whole lot in making you more unique and make you stand apart from your competitors. And it's very difficult for a lot of people just because they'll fall upon a website or an email sequence or a piece of content. And, you know, they tend to stay safe in their messaging and what makes them unique and, you know, what makes them different. And, I think the moment that a coach can move past that and really just express themselves authentically, then it's really powerful. I mean, similar how we spoke about earlier, just niching down on the people I want to work with. When you're able to create that story, then you are able to attract and work with people who you really want to work with too, just because they, they resonate with your story. Yeah, they resonate with it. And it also, I mean, I would imagine it helps you in that to a certain degree, you can create a system and a process around it because, you know, like ultimately all of these people do the same thing, you know, be it serving different markets. You know, one could be a LinkedIn coach, one could be a Facebook ads coach, one could be a how to start your own agency coach. But the systems and the processes that you walk them through would be quite similar. Whereas if you were going from, I'm doing copywriting for, I don't know, an email marketing sequence and I'm doing copywriting for, you know, a supplement brand and I'm doing it for, blogger make money online or something like you know if you're going from different things then you kind of need to reset and go back to the start every time whereas if you're working with similar clients repetitively it can become a bit more systematized for yourself and, and your processes yeah yeah it can be it can be definitely which for me is it's really important to really get to know my client and really everything about them you know their family life where they like to hang out what they like to do outside of work just so i can differentiate you know, their message from their competitors. 
and you know that whole process is really fun for me. You know, it's uh, I guess the way I like to do my work is is not necessarily to have like a new client every week, but to really get to know the people I I work with, just so we can work together well on you know, understanding well, one how we work together, but then you know, how we can scale their business the way they want to. And yeah, for me, it's super rewarding. I mean, I, I've met so many amazing people on this journey, and yeah, there's so many more. That's a big part of it, I think, man. Like you meet so many cool people who are interested in the same things as you. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, a large part why I started this podcast was I missed the the buzz of like going to coffee shops over in Thailand and work co-working spaces. And like, you know, you'd meet all these people. You'd be sitting down and say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a Facebook ads expert or oh, I'm a Google ads. But, you know, you just had mad interesting conversations, learning from different people. And this is like, I'm very interested in what you're doing. You know, copywriting is something that is very important, no matter what it is that you're doing. Any element of online business, there's an element of copywriting to it. You know, whether that's your website, whether that's your email, whether that's your social media, um, especially your sales pages. So, you know, like copywriting is definitely an important skill. I think that every marketer, whether they realize it or not, kind of need to learn, you know, at least the core elements of it along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, copywriting is one of those skills that every marketer should have, whether you want to call yourself a copywriter or not, you know, even if you're someone who, you know, you're a media buyer or you're a coach yourself or you're a CMO of a company, I think having some kind of, you know, copywriting chops and understanding what good copy is, is crucial for, for any business just because, you know, you can have the, the world's greatest product, service, team, but if you don't have that messaging, um, you know, that direct response copy that sells your product or service, then, you know, you're kind of SOL there. You're kind of stuck and you're not reaching the, the people that you want to. And then, you know, I think that's where a lot of businesses can go down. Yeah. So the messaging is super important. I mean, for, for everybody, like you're saying, because it, it's all the different ways in which people will interact with you and your brand, you know? So when you were working with clients, would you, do you just do the emails or would you do like the website copy and the social media as well? Is it like kind of a package? Like, can you do really do one without the other or how does it look? I focus about 80% of my work through email copy, but you know, I do offer packages. They're quite custom packages. So I wouldn't say there's a set price for any kind of service. I typically like to get on a call with my prospect and then just see what's needed and give suggestions on what they think they should have more or improve and then come back with a with a proposal on you know prices and things like this because everything can be really different you know they might come up come to me and ask for better email copy but then I might audit their email sequences and see that their deliverability is atrocious or their you know sales page is missing certain parts of you know what good copy really needs and yeah, it's all about the that initial audit in which trying to see what they need and what I can bring to them. For sure, man. And like speaking of it now, so, you know, like a bit more seasoned, like you're saying, two and a half years in, have had a number of clients. What works now for you in terms of getting new clients and getting new business? Yeah, the best thing that works for me right now is is really just networking. And I've been lucky enough to to work with some really awesome people and really maintain these relationships with them and grow them even more as, as the time goes on and just reconnecting with them as much as I can. You know, I, I think one of the best things is one of my first clients I've ever had is this fitness coach named Becky from Florida. And she was one of the clients in which I was 
you know, kind of underpaying myself. But then as time goes on, she still hits me up for, you know, asking for an email sequence or a sales page or an audit here and there. And she's referred more work to me. And because my work has gotten better over time, if I feel like sending a proposal out to a potential client, I have these really awesome samples that they can look at and they can see who I've worked with. And yeah, you know, that's like a, a form of social proof, isn't it? Just seeing who you've worked with. And, and because of that, you know, I've kind of stopped sitting down on like a Friday and just cold messaging everyone that I could, you know, he was like on my LinkedIn contacts list. And now I'm, I'm really focused on certain clients and it's really saved a lot of time for me. And yeah, that's the best way I do it. For sure, man. But like just unboxing that there, it's really important what you said. And and this is a big thing with freelancing. Like if you want to be a freelancer, right, a successful freelancer and have your online business and have your, your workbook full, if you're not working on clients work, you, you need to be pitching. You know, like it's a key element and it's a big, like people are scared of sales. People are scared because, you know, people are feared that rejection of getting told no. You know, it's like an inbuilt thing into a lot of people. And it's kind of like a muscle you have to work. The more people say no to you, the more you, the less you care about it. But like before you had enough business to fill your plate, what you deemed filled, you were pitching. You were going on LinkedIn, you were cold messaging people and you were trying to drum up that business. So I think it's really important to like emphasize, you know, what you just said there, because I think was kind of said casually but it's like that's a really big part of it and it's probably why you do so well and also LinkedIn like LinkedIn is so overlooked by people like it's unbelievable to me like I get so much work from LinkedIn like that's like one of our primary methods you know because if you cold email people nobody sees it but you can cold message people on LinkedIn or connect with them or whatever get the LinkedIn sales navigator and you're in anybody's inbox like anybody you know so like LinkedIn as a platform for generating business is huge. And having, like you said, on a Friday morning, I sit down and I cold message. So you had a set time to sit down and send these pitches. I think like Francis, you know, maybe you're underestimating how important that was, but for you, maybe it was second nature, but like, that's a really key part of, I think, why you were successful, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think he just nailed it on the head there that I think for a long time that I was just sitting there and it became like second nature. And, you know, I really did get fairly good at it. And I think that's something that every freelancer goes through. And, you know, it is a bit scary because you're sending a cold email or a cold message. But then you kind of, the more you do it, the more you realize, you know, what works. And for me, I realized what worked is actually going through LinkedIn. Because, you know, as you said, in an email, they could actually miss your email or they could just have a pool of people you know, sending proposes or pitches to them. But on LinkedIn, at least they see your face. Yeah, for sure. And they look at your profile, which, I mean, as a copywriter, I would hope you have a, a well-written <laughs> LinkedIn copy. You know? So no doubt. I mean, I think I need some improvements, to be honest with you. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, you'll have a couple of weeks before this episode goes live. So we'll make sure. But but yeah, it's 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 a place. I mean, not just freelancers, but business in general. I mean, it's a B two B platform. LinkedIn is huge, and uh, I'm a huge advocate for it. And there's it's it's so overlooked by people. I think that it's madness, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really important thing that you said. And then from that, like now you're in a position where it's relationship management. It's like you have people who refer you business, so you don't need to be on LinkedIn every Friday morning messaging people because either you have a steady 
portfolio of clients or you have people referring your business. And yes, if you wanted to go on and, and pitch, you could. But there's also, like you mentioned, the maintaining of that relationship, because, yeah, you might meet somebody at an event. I'm definitely guilty of this. Like you meet people at an event, you hit it off, you had a great time, you could refer each other business and you just go back to your own side of the world and you don't see each other or whatever. And so it's important to, yeah, like just maintain that relationship, you know, be it with a little call every now and then or a couple of messages or whatever. But I think that's really important because otherwise you kind of fade off into the, you know, the ether. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, relationship building has been my favorite way of lead generation. And, you know, it's, it's almost eliminated like a sales call for me just because, you know, over time, as you said, you know, I'll send a few messages here and there to someone I met a few weeks ago or a few months ago, maybe even get on a call and, you know, not even sell anything, maybe just to catch up. It's amazing. I, mean, I think even recently I, I've been getting on calls with people from LinkedIn and, you know, I think they actually expect me to get on some type of sales call. But then at the end, it's more like, you know, how are things going? I saw you, you know, went on a vacation. How was that? And then at the end, I actually had one coach ask me, aren't you going to pitch me something? And I said, oh, I actually, no, I just wanted to say hi and meet you and to show you that I'm not just like another profile on LinkedIn. Plus, I'm a little booked up right now. So yeah, yeah. So you can't have me. So and then they're like, but I want you now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I, I, that's a nice little little trick there for anyone listening is just seem a little more busy than you actually are. But yeah, I think the relationship building is amazing. You know, it's relationship building and just doing really great work. I think just focusing on those two things. It's a skill and a craft too. You have to be good at your craft, obviously, you know, to be fully booked up. So, but I, I love what you're saying there. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm, I'm too busy. You can, you can join the wait list. <laughs> Maybe I'll work with you in three months, you know, but let's actually just like, I know we're getting close to time here now, but um, just, you know, curious about this. Like, have you ever thought of, you know, let's say building a team, building a little team of copywriters, like as you get more successful, obviously, you know, as a freelancer, you only have so many hours to work. So either you keep increasing your rates or you build a team, you know what I mean? And, and who you trust and rely on and who can work with you. So, you know, what model are, are you thinking about now moving forward? Is it to stay as a freelancer or would you like to like build your own little copywriting team? Well, I actually ran a small agency, you know, the email marketing side with the coaches. So I had myself as the writer and kind of the strategist. And then I had a junior copywriter and a software assistant and, you know, I had my own VA and, and everything like that. And, you know, I, I really liked it, but then I realized I was doing a lot more managing than I was writing. And that was an amazing lesson for me because you've mentioned, you know, some of our friends, you know, some of our mutual friends, how they're agency owners. And for me, I realized that I, you know, I just love writing and I love talking about writing. So I have thought about, you know, instead of going like full agency, is, you know, why not just take on one or two junior copywriters and teaching them how to write copy like I do, how to tell stories, how to tease, how to create awesome CTAs, how to, you know, give them resources on, you know, how to write a great lead or something like that. And, you know, of course, it's going to help me take some time off of my hands and maybe even take on some more clients. So I think that in the future, that's definitely something that I'll be looking into. And I think I'm actually already talking to a few people, low-key, I think, relationship building 
I think they're relationship building me right now. Now that I think about it, <laughs> they're, they're they're doing a you on you. <laughs> I know, I know the secrets out. I guess you know, but yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take them on and yeah, teach them a few things and hopefully help them grow their freelance careers. Yeah, like you have impact. You know, it's a really nice feeling when you can do that for people. Like I love it when I get those messages. People, you know, who listen to certain episodes and they went and they took action and you know or it. Like you're saying, like that chance meeting you had with somebody and similar to myself, like it can be a meeting, it could be listening to something, like somebody could be listening to this and be like, that's it, man. I want to, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I don't want to be a whatever anymore. I, I want to get into freelance writing. I want to get into copywriting. I, you know, I could do this and then they go off and they do it. Like, and you know, that's, I think that's really important when um, you can have that sort of impact and people then have, I guess, you know, they get to live the life that they want with a bit more freedom in it and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the goal at the end of the day. It's just impact. I mean, one of the best things with my work is knowing that the things I write, it's helping people. And, you know, similar to you with this podcast, it's hopefully going to help someone else too. Maybe they listen to this and start their journey as well. For sure, man. Right. Francis, thank you for joining me today. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you online? Yeah, they can find me at storiesandcopy.com. And yeah, join my email list. I write to my list uh, two to three times a week, trying to go every day. It's where I give off a lot of tips on copywriting, marketing, and how to get more freelance work. So find me on there and hope to hear from you all soon. Nice one. I'll make sure to link to your LinkedIn as well. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Nice one. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.